What's up, everyone? I'm Andrew Steinwald, and this is Zima Red. On this show, we speak with the users, founders, and creatives that are diving into the world of unique digital assets, also called non-fungible tokens. My guest today is Chris Bell, a real estate investor and virtual reality devotee who has dived deep into the NFT space. Chris and I discuss everything from physical and virtual real estate to how to build wealth and even how virtual worlds are naturally evolving into social networks. Chris has a clear passion for the blockchain-based virtual world, Somnium Space, and I have to say it's quite infectious. His intense excitement for the metaverse is logical considering the incredible capabilities of these platforms today. If we are already on a level where you can easily socialize, trade, and even do things like watch a virtual sunrise, well then I can't wait for the future potential of these platforms. Please enjoy my conversation with Chris. Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to chat with you. And to get us started, I'd love to hear a little bit about your background. Sure, sounds good. I'm excited to be here too. Thanks for having me on. Let's see here. It's a long story, but after about two years in college living on campus, I started working for my father's company that had about 10 employees at the time. I was selling copper, wire, and cable products. And um, my niche finally came about three years after working for my dad when I started building an eBay account and online website. Those things for me just sparked my interest like never before. So I built one page at a time and learned as I went for the first couple of years. Then I decided to take some online classes at the same university that I attended right after high school, which was SNHU, Southern New Hampshire University. And then over the next few years, I grew my father's uh, website to over a thousand pages, one at a time, while getting my master's degree in IT with a focus of web design and database administration. So at this point, I had hired a team of about five people to start growing their accounts in the same spot. So I had been getting so many sales and incoming leads from the website that um, I hired a team of five people. So I kind of learned what it was like to be a manager. And it gave me a clearer picture of possibly owning my father's company someday. So. At that point, I went back for my MBA in finance, and I got that uh, while hovering over my father's shoulder while he worked on anything in accounting. He taught me that cash is king and to always treat your employees like family. So uh, my father means everything to me, and he'd love to see his son take over the company, but that kind of just changed everything when I ended up getting into blockchain about three years ago. So I decided to resign from my father's company at, uh, on the last day of 2019, which was just four months ago, to start my own venture in block uh, blockchain full time. So um, the truth is that cryptocurrency started to consume my mind for so much of the last few years of my employment that it just kind of needed to be done anyway. So I'm like officially obsessed with virtual money that will be used in virtual worlds to buy virtual assets. And I think that by the end of this interview, you'll see a clear timeline of how I arrived into this space, just mesmerized, basically. Wow, I love that. That's such a, such a cool and interesting background. And just to quickly recap, you started an eBay website that was meant to help your father's business selling the the copper wires and copper related products? Yeah, pretty much. I, um, we were selling uh, cable, wiring cable and I was basically hired you know, for his company to be an outside salesman. So I was going to visit a lot of the customers that we had already gotten around the New England area. And I'm, I'm from New Hampshire, so New England area. And uh, while I was doing that, I kind of wanted to come back in the office. I didn't really like going out and, and talking to customers that much. And uh, my Shire 
personality kind of came out when I was able to start building the eBay account. So I listed a bunch of wire on the eBay account and we started getting sales. So that kind of became my sales tactic instead of calling customers and cold calling that old fashioned type of way of, you know, growing business. So I started doing it online and then eBay taught me a little bit about HTML. And then I started building the website one page at a time. And I went back and got my master's degree in IT with a focus of web design because I was so just mesmerized by database administration and, and web design and the internet. So that's how I kind of went from there. That's awesome. So leveraging technology in order to grow your business immensely, that's uh, definitely seems like that's a theme in, in crypto. I want to talk to you about real estate because I also know that you are a real estate investor. How did you get involved in real estate and how did your path from um, working with your father lead you to real estate? Sure. So it's funny, isn't it? When people get older, how they like to talk about the increased prices for bread and milk. Well, I remember back when I was about 18 to 19 years old, my grandfather telling me a story about how he bought his first home for $11,000 and wasn't sure if he'd be able to afford the mortgage over 30 years. So it made me really laugh and it started making me ask other people too. So I asked my father and he said he bought his first home for $85,000. So from generation to generation, it went from 11,000 to 85,000. And then I bought my first house when I, about $200,000. I think it was 205. But this is a lot more than bread and milk. So when I was 19, I realized how much real estate could actually be. It made me stop thinking about the get rich quick ideas uh, with real estate. And I decided to just buy one house whenever I had the extra money. I wanted to put a good size down payment down so I would save my money over the years. And um, I mean, I read a ton of books when I was younger about how to, even from President Trump, uh, before he was the president, how to invest in real estate. And you, before you own one house, you imagine owning five houses or six houses, and you imagine doing all of the accounting and all of those things. But I would stress to anyone who's interested in getting into real estate to really focus hard and focus clearly on buying that first house. And once you buy that first house, then start focusing on the second house and just get them one at a time because that's what I did. I've owned, I bought one house every like three or four years over the past 16 years. And I currently live in my primary house with my wife. It's a split level three bedroom with my wife and two year old. I have a cat and dog. And uh, then I rent out three condos. So I own four houses altogether. Three of them are condos. I rent them out and uh, it's just, it's a great income that is a lot easier to me than owning stocks, for example. Yeah, I love the idea of owning real estate because I'm so heavily invested in crypto. And as you know, crypto is a very volatile and uh, risky asset class. And real estate to me just seems like a great long-term bet and a great way to, as you mentioned, not become rich quickly, but kind of to build wealth over the span of your lifetime. So. That's really interesting. I also want to ask you, how did you decide to buy your first place, your first home? Were you reading lots of books and you said, okay, real estate's a great play. I, I've read, you know, I've talked to my father, I've talked to my grandfather. I've read a lot of books now. I'm ready to take the leap. Or was it more of like, I've talked to my family and I'm just going to go for it. How did you figure all that stuff out? It was definitely reading book. I got interested. My father never really owned that much real estate. Uh, he's always owned his own company, so I always understood the you know the income of cash and the outgoing cash and stuff. So I always knew about that, and I always wanted to save my money. But for me, real estate is one of the few investments that you can't sell with the click of a button. Compound interest starts getting really powerful after about seven years, but most people sell their shares of stock before seven months even comes along. Never mind seven years. I'm pretty sure the average person only keeps their house for seven years. So to really get that compounding interest, you need to keep things for the long term. 
And uh, the fact that it's hard to sell real estate gives you plenty of time to think clearly about your decision rather than clicking the button because you saw a news article. So um, again, my advice would be to to have you know have a clear mind going into it not to jump on things because of a news article and not to not to add too many zeros so my thing is always zeros you have ten dollars okay then you want to get to the next zero a hundred dollars you have a hundred dollars get to a thousand dollars and then from one thousand to ten thousand but when you skip and you only have a thousand dollars in your savings account and you try to skip from a thousand up to ten thousand up to a hundred thousand you're going too far into the future and you need to slow down take a step back and start taking baby steps to get to that ten thousand long before you try to reach a hundred thousand so that's kind of been my my mindset yeah and you mentioned the illiquidity of real estate and it's often looked at as a negative saying oh it's you know real estate's not that liquid but you point out that it's actually a huge positive because you can't react emotionally to real estate so it's not like you know if you have a stock and suddenly you know, COVID hits and the stock market goes down, you can't just freak out and sell everything. It's like, okay, well, hey, I, this is my house. I have some people living there and it's bringing in some money, but I, I can't quickly uh, dump it on the open market, which is actually a huge advantage when times get a little crazy. Speaking of the stock market, I would love to ask you about how do you think about the current situation with unemployment is as high as the Great Recession? I think we have, you know, GDP growth is minus 4.8% for this quarter, which is just crazy. Basically, the real economy is getting destroyed because of the lockdown and uh, you know the pandemic, while the stock market is just booming. Do you have any thoughts or opinions? I would love to hear anything about that. Sure, that's a hot topic right now, that's for sure. I mean, sometimes when I was selling copper wire back in the day, it would get delayed in transit due to a storm or a possible complication, but it scared me because the customer was about to call me and tell me how much it costs for them to have a line down for a full day, sometimes up to $150,000 per day because they had so many machines and things sitting there for the day and, it, and if it took an extra day just to get the wire, it might seem from the salesperson who's selling the wire, oh, it's not that big a deal, it's just one more day, but for them, 150 grand, it's a, it's a lot. So I can only imagine this on a larger scale across America and the rest of the world. If, I mean, the market follows the news in the short term, then I just don't think this is gonna be a, a good thing for very long. There's just no way the upward trend can happen into the future, like you said, while the economy is just terrible. So um, this is why real estate is my backbone investment. People need to own or rent a house, period. They have to own or rent a house or else you're living in the street or you're living in the woods. That's it. You do not need Google stock. You don't need an index fund. That's all just investment extra, you know, things that you can do to possibly increase your savings. But you don't need Google stock. You don't need to rent it. Uh, you can hope that stocks continue to grow, but there's nothing like a solid, repetitive, and profitable cash flow like real estate provides. No one panic sold their real estate in the last four months because they haven't had time, and no one's getting foreclosed on in the next two or three months because it takes so much time for the uh, foreclosure process to even go through. So in general, I think the market has a lot of volatility coming, and the more often you try to jump in and out at the opportune time, the more often you'll probably lose. However, unfortunately, some people are in the position where they need to take their money out of their 401k to use it for bills. So I don't think that the market has always factored in cases like that where the money's probably not going back anytime soon. Yeah, definitely uh, definitely a pretty dire situation, but hopefully it'll, uh, the lockdown will end soon and we'll be back to work in no time, but we're gonna have to wait to see. So moving on, I love how you are a real estate investor and then also involved in crypto because it's in my mind it's like that's like what you should what you should be doing it's the most safe investment 
And then the other side of the spectrum, which is the extremely high risk, high reward set of investments, which is crypto. So what is it that first attracted you to crypto? I couldn't put down the first book that I got, which was Digital Gold. It was a long story about how Bitcoin got started and all the people involved. And um, it just led me to more books and videos, especially Andreas Antonopoulos. He's a great guy. Um, his videos and his some of his books are just over the top and uh, probably pretty difficult for a lot of people to understand. But I do have the IT degree. So and I have the background of database administration. So my research in database administration helped me understand the format of blockchain without added personal information included in the database or in the blockchain itself. So um, the more I read about Bitcoin, the more I realized it had some real use cases, uh, which made my mind wander down paths that had never really gone before. So it made me feel like I was part of an exclusive club. Um, where most people in my real life didn't know what I was invested in. They didn't even know I had crypto. They thought it was drug money. They thought it was, you know, for all kinds of terrible ideas and this and that. But my research showed me that it had much more potential than drug money. I understood something that so many others knew nothing about. And I still overhear people right now talking about Bitcoin and what they think it is. And I just laugh because I don't force people. I don't argue with people. I don't tell people that it's better than USD or better than fiat. I just think it has some really good use cases and I like using it. And I personally now use Ethereum on a regular basis. I have thousands and thousands of Ethereum transactions over the years. So I use it probably every single day. And I think a lot of people that get into it use it every single day too. So I would say the um, top four things about crypto for me are encryption, borderless payments, decentralized, and peer-to-peer. -peer. Those are the best things that attracted to me, me to crypto. All right, so what are your views on cryptocurrencies today? So Bitcoin, Ethereum, all the altcoins, how do you view those assets themselves? Uh, well, early on I felt diversified in Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin. And I was unsure about the rest. And, and truly, I was unsure about those three when I first invested in them. But I had read a couple books and I was interested in owning. So I bought them anyway, and they were the top few. I didn't really understand how Ethereum was different than Bitcoin at the time, which is probably two and a half years ago now. But I sold most of my Litecoin in the big bubble during 2017, which helped me recoup most of the money that I had entered in with. And um, during the bubble, it can be hard to clearly think about the next few months and the next few years, but developers are still hard at work and they're doing all kinds of stuff during these price swings. So whether things are up in the market or down in the market, developers are still behind closed doors, you know, with headphones on and just stuck on their computers all day and they're building stuff. So we're gonna start seeing the results of that very, very soon. We already are, of course, but we're gonna see a lot more, a wave of results of people that have been coding for a long time. Then I started reading about Ethereum and I started understanding that they had ERC-20 tokens. And that was just the just amazing to me. I, I couldn't stop thinking. It was like an epiphany every few months that I had. It was an epiphany into Bitcoin and then epiphany when I found out ERC-20 tokens were available on Ethereum. So I, wouldn't, I wanted to create my own token that would tokenize my current real estate properties. I wanted to make like a shared ownership thing. So a million shares or um, something like that, and then break it down and sell pieces of the equity that I had in my real estate. And I was planning on giving a dividend each month or year, but I never ended up doing it. I just kind of let it go. I, I just didn't want to take money, investment money from people. I, I didn't really feel right about that. So uh, I just kept doing my own thing and investing in my own stuff. And I ended up creating my own ERC-20 token just to show that I could do it. I created a million Bell tokens, which is my last name, just to create it. And um, I never sold any of them. I never tried to make any money off of it. I just wanted to own it and have it just to show that I could do it. So it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah, the uh, the regulatory regime in the States 
in terms of, you know, in the financial sector is just so overburdensome. And I love your idea about fractionalizing the ownership of your real estate and uh, tokenizing that ownership. That'd be really cool. But you're absolutely correct. The second you want to take money from other investors, it, there's all this all this legal work and all this overburdensome regulation that you have to deal with. So just oftentimes it's like not worth it. But yeah, I definitely want to dive deeper into your bell token later, which we'll definitely do. I wanted to ask you about NFTs because obviously I, I know that you are a big NFT guy and I'd love to ask you, how did you get involved with NFTs? Sure. Um, believe it or not, ENS, um, Ethereum name service, was the very first thing I ever got into. When I was using Bitcoin, I started trading coins a little bit. And I know people, you know, try the day trading up and down, but I was using my Ether wallet a lot and uh, making puzzles for people. The crypto puzzle was just a crossword puzzle using all the seed words from a my Ether wallet. So I would create a puzzle and it would be a race to the wallet to transfer out the ethereum so i would set it up and i would put it on discord and everybody would race in and try to find out what the seed words were and once they knew the seed words they could jump in and get the money out of that wallet and uh, that was my way of helping new people learn what crypto was and how to use it but the ethereum name service was something that just my ether wallet ended up hosting the ethereum name service auction that was done probably two and a half years ago and they only auctioned off names that were seven letters or longer. So um, like chrisbell.eth forwards, you can set it up to resolve to my Ethereum address. So then I can um, tell people to pay me at chrisbell.eth instead of sending them or copy and pasting my very long Ethereum address and having them send tokens to that Ethereum address. Um, a lot of the different wallets are connecting to the Ethereum name service right now and able to send. So I can go onto MetaMask right now and type in chrisbell.eth instead of typing in the address and it will send it to that address. But after that, then I found Decentraland a little bit while later and got a little obsessed with trading parcels on their platform, buying low and selling high and um, thought I'd become a millionaire again. Just like when I first started reading about real estate, I thought I'd become a millionaire. But that slow approach has always proven to be the best approach. Holding longer term is always proven to be the best approach. I spent about six months meeting people in Discord, trading land and test driving the Ethereum, using MetaMask and owning multiple tokens. And I related to the virtual land ownership because of my rental properties and wanted to rent land, rent virtual land to developers who knew how to use the SDK. Then Decentraland came out with some news that struck me a little hard and they were putting VR on the back burner because they thought that there wasn't a big enough market yet. So that really crushed me. I It didn't crush me financially or anything. It just crushed me mentally how I went into Decentraland thinking they were a VR company and then came out with news saying that they weren't going to be VR. So I ended up doing a little bit more research and um, I had to. I had to keep looking for a company that was VR because I wanted VR on blockchain and it pushed me to start researching for more VR companies in the space and I found Somnium Space in November 2018 during their Indiego Go campaign which is not much different than a GoFundMe campaign. I found them and Arthur was open to speaking to me on the phone right away so um, he called me and we spoke and I was hooked. He was a man with a vision and I wanted to follow him so um, I started getting into their NFTs too. So when I first bought on the Indiegogo there wasn't even an actual blockchain yet. 
um, Somnium Space wasn't even on blockchain. So I bought his land by sending USD on a credit card to him through that campaign. And then later on, he took my Ethereum address and ended up giving all the people who backed him on that a certain amount of uh, the land tokens that we had ended up purchasing on his platform. So that took a long time, but I ended up doing it there. And that's how I, now I have those NFTs. I have a little bit of art here and there, but um, that's how I really started getting into NFTs. Again, with that same real estate you know, in my history. That's such a cool story that you contacted Arthur from Somnium and you paid him on a, on a credit card just after a phone call for some NFT land. That's incredible. I want to ask you, why are you so interested in virtual reality? Oh boy, I just think it's the future. Um, I, I think Ready Player One, the movie, anyone who's seen it just knows that it's the future. We all kind of see it and know it. And just like we know AI is coming, we we're prepared for it but again that slow approach we're kind of prepared for a jump if we all closed our eyes for five years right now and woke up we'd have certain expectations that real estate that vr would be here and that ai would be here and maybe even flying cars would be around we, i don't know but you would have that hope and that thought process of what would be there and vr for me is it's just there and putting virtual money into virtual land platforms and then throwing around a whole bunch of virtual assets that people can purchase very quickly, very easily on the blockchain immediately with no trust involved is just a sure success to come. Yeah, it's really crazy how Ready Player One has really impacted so many people in such a strong way. Because there's so many people that can point back to either watching the movie or reading the book and say, yeah, you know, that's when I realized that virtual reality and combined with blockchain or whatever is going to be the future and it's going to be huge. And I think that it's incredible that that one story had such a massive impact on, on everyone's life. You can really see it. You can see the VR. And, and if you've ever put a headset on, you know how you can get lost in it. You can jump in in 2D. And, and what I mean about 2D is using your browser and using your computer. But um, when you have a 15-minute conversation with Arthur from Somnium Space, he talks about how that was being done in 1990. He, you were able to use your computer browser and he just, he was dying. He had that vision to jump on the other side or jump into his browser and finally get into VR. And when you finally put that headset on and you start talking to somebody that's right next to you and you give them a virtual handshake and you're walking around just chit-chatting and laughing, it's not about the structures that we even see. So a lot of this is about making friends too. So um, you're making friends online that you might want to see again. So not only am I... Um, being pulled toward putting my headset on away from real life. I'm also being pulled to go hang out with that friend that I've been hanging out with for the last three months or three weeks in VR because, you know, he's so cool or he's so funny or possibly a, a real relationship develops from it. So we're going to see some interesting development very soon, I think, in virtual reality because it's already here. We're already doing all of that stuff. Yeah, Arthur is definitely, he, he's definitely a visionary. And I remember speaking with him on this podcast, actually, he's one of my earlier episodes and just his vision for the entire metaverse and what he's building at Somnium is just so impactful. And as you mentioned, like the social aspect is huge. He, he was talking about how he could take his virtual kayak, you know, go kayaking on this virtual lake, and then uh, you know come come back to his house and maybe have some people over. And uh, as you as you mentioned, you know, make friends. I think that that is such a cool, not often talked about aspect of virtual reality is that. You just naturally connect two people in there just because, you you know, it's just, hey, what's up? What are you doing? And the conversation will just start. And yeah, making friends in virtual environments is going to be a high probability. It's going to be like the next social media. When you're combining a social media platform with a virtual world where you can integrate, you know, native commerce and, you know, maybe their own currency on a blockchain and whatnot, the possibilities are endless. And you also mentioned that 
when you put on a headset, you are teleported to that totally new world. And I've given my Oculus Quest to a lot of people to try out. And they are, you said it yourself, it's like you can go on your computer and enter this virtual world. But when you put on the headset, you are actually transformed to that virtual world. And you feel like you are living in, in some crazy fantasy world. Yeah, it's so true. I've shown my wife, so my wife always, you know, jokes. I'm like, I sold another virtual land parcel and she just rolls her eyes and kind of laughs at me because she doesn't really, even when I talk about Bitcoin, she just kind of rolls her eyes. So she lets me do my thing and it's no big deal. But the funny thing is, is that I showed her Somnium Space in 2D. I, I just showed her my browser and I'm, I'm walking around and stuff and I'm pushing the up on my, or pushing the W or the up key. And I'm just moving forward and she's like, really, this is it? This is what you're so excited about? And I'm like, I just don't know how to explain it to you. And so we went on a trip and um, everybody's heard of Foxwoods, I think, even though it's right down the street from me, it's only two hours away from me. Me and my wife were at Foxwoods and there's a casino on both sides and then there's a mall connecting it in between. So we're walking in the mall from one spot to another and we see this spot where you can pay $10 to jump into virtual reality and fight zombies together. So we go over there, we both put our headsets on, we put our, you know, all our gear on and everything and we get in there and we start fighting the zombies and I'm telling you, we totally forgot that we were in the mall, we're ducking, we're shooting, we're yelling at each other, we're like duck cover, duck cover, shoot that one, get that one and all along we're out in the middle of a mall just totally making fools of ourselves but that's where you just forget that you're even in there so that's just i think that's the power and when you finally actually do that yourself it's expensive to buy the vr headset but once you actually do it you just realize what a game changer it will be that's such a cool story because i feel like that happens a lot where you know people they don't recognize really what's being built or what's really going on until they give it a try and really, it's like when you put on that headset, people are like, okay, whoa, I get this. You were kind of being weird before and being kind of nerdy before, but now this is like total game changer. That's really cool. All right, so, you know, there's a lot of niches within NFTs. There's blockchain-based virtual land. There's digital art games like Axie and whatnot. Which niche do you think will have the most long-term value and why? Well, I'm sure you can guess from my background that I'm going to choose virtual land. But I guess I'm noticing a breakdown of hardware, land platforms, and games. Everyone needs the hardware to play the games and to join the land platform. Everybody needs a land platform to bring in the games and the NFTs to showcase them in their virtual world. And hardware has never really been a strong suit of mine and neither has fantasy card games. I've always had a vision of owning land and um, building shopping malls or museums to showcase other people's talent. So if I built an entire shopping mall and it was art themed and I rented out 15 different little cubes of art so everybody would know to come to this art shopping mall and um, I would showcase everybody else's stuff. So um, I plan on doing some stuff like that. I think that the few top runners for land platforms are obviously all at the top, CryptoVoxels, Sandbox, Somnium Space, and Decentraland, but there are just, there's only about four of them, and there are just hundreds of games and artists out there. So if you were, if you had a couple thousand dollars and you bought one land parcel, you could do tons and tons of stuff with it. You could sell and showcase your own stuff. You could use it as a personal space. You could use it as a business to collect revenue. You could sell your other NFTs on it. You could host artists and all kinds of other games on it. But if you buy the NFTs of one particular game, 
not only are you picking that game against the competition of the other games in the same space, you're also just picking one little item out of you know the, the huge space that's available. So to own the land, in my mind, the land is going to be the king investment of everything. To, to own all the land on the platforms, because when somebody has an idea for a game, they need land. And when um, somebody has an idea for a dApp, they're going to need land and when an artist wants to showcase their stuff they're going to need land because that's where everyone's going to be so i'd like to be there to answer those problems for people you bring up a lot of really good points about how if you purchase a piece of virtual land within one of these blockchain based worlds you basically have the option to build whatever you want so whether that's a museum to showcase some stuff whether that's you know your you want to post your facebook or instagram profile whatever you know showcase yourself whether you want to start a game on that piece of land, that's also an option. I love to analogize it to you're purchasing a physical, quote unquote physical, piece of the internet. Let's say that there's an area on the internet that's kind of like a, a subreddit on Reddit. Let's say r slash real estate, let's just say. And that subreddit has different pieces of land or different domains that you could purchase. And then on those domains, you can build whatever you want. When you have those dynamics play out, you're having all these people on this one subreddit that are really passionate about you know whatever it might be in this one area and they're going to want to create the best experience possible to take advantage of the land and the community that that is in that area the dynamics that are going to come from this i'm not really i'm not really sure but i can envision like a physical reddit but with more sociability aspects integrated with it as you mentioned before with the how vr and uh, is so social what do you kind of think about that what dynamics do you think will come of or come from these blockchain based virtual worlds um, I mean, Ready Player One is basically already here. A lot of the land platforms are still in development, but um, Insomnium Space will be in development forever. But um, I think the future is technically here right now. I've been I've been making videos, uh, just taking tours with people, going to watch and look at what they've built. I'm already having fun in Insomnium Space without the DApps and without the games. I'm meeting people from all over the world, and we look at a few builds and we just chat about the future. We're just so giddy and happy. And I remember that when I went to the NFT event in New York City, I kept saying it. The first, when, the first time I got there, I was a little nervous to go over to the meetup group and, and talk to everybody, but it was just immediate comfort. They were so welcoming. Not just nice, good people, but the fact that they were so giddy and happy about blockchain and about virtual worlds, and I was wearing the Somnium Space t-shirt, so everyone kept asking me, you know, oh, it's the world, it's the Somnium Space world. So when Somnium Space shows up to that event and there's 15 people around the table that all have some game or dap that they're all working on, they all want to be on Somnium Space and they all want to be on Decentraland. So they want their thing to be in the virtual world for everyone to walk around and see. And then, you know, when we were kids, when I was younger, when I was a teenager and we could finally drive, we would, me and my friends would drive to the mall just to walk around. That was the idea. The idea was to do something and walk around. We didn't have an objective. We didn't have a game that we were going to play, a movie or anything. We were just going to the mall. So we went to the mall and we'd walk around. And I think that's going to be the same thing. People get bored and they want to jump into VR. And then before you know it, you're talking to somebody. And then you think about what land parcel did we even go to? I don't remember. What did we even see for a structure? I don't remember. But I do remember that conversation we had that was just really funny. And we were talking about the future. So I think it's bringing basically all of social media into a world where you can kind of see each other and have quicker conversations rather than text because... You can really format your texting in an email and in a, a text chat back and forth. You can format what you say and delete and re and re-enter it, but there's nothing like a real candid conversation between you and another person, even when it's in VR. All right, so you mentioned this before about how you were first involved with the Decentraland, and then you basically they stopped supporting VR. They decided to go just pure browser-based. That was kind of your turning point into focusing more on Somnium because 
Somnium is really VR heavy. So what do you think kind of the future of Somnium is? And I'm talking, you know, right now it's obviously doing great. Uh, the sales are really good. The team is working hard and, uh, you know, they've raised some money and things are looking very, very ideal. So what are you kind of seeing, you know, one, two, three years out for Somnium space? One, two, or three years out. Uh, let's see. Um, NFTs will be virtual assets of the virtual world. So all of them will be listed and for sale. I think that people are very interested in selling their stuff on Somnium Space rather than jumping in to buy something on Somnium Space. And as they peruse and look around the world, they'll end up buying things that they didn't even think that they might have bought in the first place. People will also, so this, this is where the whole metaverse comes in. And I think Somnium's long-term plan is the metaverse and diehard VR, 100% VR. Like I said, Arthur has this vision. I constantly compare Arthur to the Wright brothers who created the airplane with no money and you know nothing compared to the companies that had all this backing, all these stats and all of these great people that were just you know working on a flying airplane. And, working, and when they were thinking about it, they were thinking about it on a large scale on how we can get you know planes to just travel all over the world. But the Wright brothers just had the idea of getting the plane in the air and I wanna be there. I don't care if people you know like my plane, I don't care what it is, I just want it in the air. They did it with so little money and that's what I compare to Somnium. They want the use case. Archer has that vision that is just mesmerizing when he starts talking to you. Something that I've never seen with another LAN platform. I've never seen any other CEO LAN platform come out that just has this visionary. A lot of them talk about blockchain and yeah, blockchain is the future, sure, but you can't just say blockchain and, and end up having this vision. When Archer talks about jumping into the other side of the computer and being in VR and, and he's actually in his own platform all the time and he'll have a conversation with anybody. So I just see him being first for some reason. I see people following him and that's what happened with the Wright brothers. They were building this thing and they had this vision and they were doing this whole, um, this just crazy transformation of transportation and Archer is doing that with VR. He is VR first, blockchain is just a use case. The blockchain is a, a way for him to give full ownership and true ownership to the people for their land because he's seen in the past where people have gotten kind of hurt in that situation before where they didn't technically own the land themselves it was all part of the game and the platform so he wanted to separate the land and the assets away from his platform even though he does have some governance in his platform so it's going to lead closer and closer to that and i see the blockchain being kind of like the cloud right now how you can pull from the cloud into different devices you'll be able to pull from the blockchain into different land platforms so it's going to be the open source kind of like above everything else and everyone's going to be pulling from that so anything that you put on the blockchain is going to be able to be pulled into any metaverse and since Arthur is a part of the blockchain alliance with the other VR worlds he's hoping to eventually create a metaverse out of it where you can teleport from one world to the other and he's very excited about that too he wants he, he excite, he's excited and wants more uh, competition to come to the space so that it brings in more adoption. So you see the metaverse as kind of this series of interconnected virtual worlds that people can teleport to and from whatever world they would like to be in. And you also kind of think that blockchain is just a tool that people will use within these virtual worlds. Do you think that NFTs or blockchain, do you think that those are essential for a metaverse to happen? Or do you think that you can have a full metaverse without having blockchain at all? I think that the blockchain gives you the true ownership. You have the money. So I guess the answer to your question is no, I don't think that they can happen 
separately. I think that they kind of, I think it's perfect timing. And, and we all talked about that at the NFT event too, is that how perfect the timing is for blockchain and VR together to be coming up because you have the virtual money with the virtual assets and you're trading it back and forth. So if I jump into VR and I wanted to buy something from somebody else, and they transferred it to me, it would go directly into my wallet and I would be able to pay them directly right away too for it. So um, it's all done in a smart contract. It all happens you know, fairly instantly within you know, a few seconds to a minute. So for you to be able to just be walking around online and, and buy somebody else's item and, and transfer it right in, that stuff can't really happen with a credit card. You'd have to, everybody would have to give their credit card information to Somnium. They'd have to figure out a way to attach the credit card to the avatar and approve the transactions when they're inside the world and it, it would be messy and then Somnium would have to hold all of that information in their database but instead they allow it to all happen on the blockchain so I own that item immediately it doesn't matter if it's 5 o'clock p.m. or Sunday afternoon I can buy and sell anything I want whenever I want and I think that the trading of assets is something that's very important to own yourself and truly own your on the blockchain and I think Arthur really sees that alright so where do you see your involvement with NFTs going well, I've already got some VR land in Somnium Space, along with a teleporter and a kayak. I also plan to buy a bunch of stuff, and by stuff I mean NFTs, assets, for my land, such as a house from a good designer, a crypto motor car, some artwork, and other personal possessions that might become available or that I might see as I'm walking through the world. And right now we buy them all online on our in our 2D experience again, on our computers or on our phones, and we buy them and they transfer onto our wallet and it's all great, but when you're in VR and you can actually buy that asset in VR, I think that that is going to be a very interesting transition. Aside from virtual reality land, I, I've gotten heavy into ENS names too. I, I bought a bunch in their very first auction, which was a few years ago, and then I also bought some in their OpenSea auction. So OpenSea hosted their second ENS auction for names under seven characters and I was heavily involved. I must have bought about 500 names and I think that the desire to have your first name just like a .com is going to be much, so I don't think that the businesses are going to have as much of a use case with these .eth names like somniumspace.eth. I mean they might be able to create chrisbell.somniumspace.eth and have some sort of vision of, of what's happened in the past with my wallet as a user but in general I don't see a huge use case there but I see a huge use case for people wanting their first name and to resolve their name to their ether address so that you can pay them at their name instead of at their long address. But I see myself growing into a much bigger landholder. I want bigger estates that will be valuable to companies coming into virtual reality and I want to be involved in any and all VR companies that are on blockchain. I, I just see it as I'm a VR first kind of guy. Arthur's really gotten into me. He's gotten into my head about VR and then I, I went and watched the movie Ready Player One after I talked to Arthur and it just made me think that wow he's really building this right now and, and he's getting close to it so uh, I think that it's just, as the hardware starts to develop and get a little bit better it's all going to kind of fall into one but I also see myself making a lot more YouTube videos. I, I have 500 subscribers right now on YouTube and I'm growing because I'm building videos about Somnium Space. First I was building about their land sales, now I'm building about all of the items and assets that they're selling and I'm also making some videos uh, jumping right into VR and recording with my headset, having conversations with people, kind of like the show MTV Cribs 
when I went and hung out with Carlos and he showed me a bunch of stuff, he, he made that reference of MTV Cribs. And it's true, but um, my true reason for doing it isn't MTV Cribs and it isn't even to get more likes on my YouTube. It's more about showing what Somnium has compared to these other platforms that no one's even close. The graphics aren't even close on any other platform. The The world isn't built like Somnium is. Somnium's built the entire world for you and you have this little parcel that's actually on grass, not you know, with a sky and a sunset and shadowing and all kinds of stuff that they built for you. So um, showing all of that stuff without saying it in the videos and just having a quick conversation with people and jumping from one spot to another and having another conversation really shows what Somnium Space already has today for you to use. Yeah, you bring about a lot of really interesting points. One of them that you mentioned was that today we're buying a lot of our NFTs on these 2D platforms. So, you know, OpenSea or whatever people use. And I think that, that, you know, the market right now is going well and strong, but you bring up a really good point about how in the future we're going to be able to quote unquote, see these assets in 3D. So I'll be able to go to a piece of land in Somnium and like inspect the building and kind of inspect the interior or maybe Insomnium or whatever platform I want to view a piece of art, maybe a statue that I want to buy and I can inspect the statue and kind of walk around it. Or, you know, maybe perhaps in the future in some virtual world, there'll be some vehicles and you can try different cars or flying vehicles or whatever and test drive those. And we're at the very beginning of NFTs and, and the, uh, the possibilities of marketplaces and by integrating virtual like virtual reality environments with nfts you're just expanding the use case and market size of this of this industry by like 10x or something like that we were just in vr in a meetup with arthur and he built a like an auctioneer thing already so there was a bunch of chairs in there and three or four of us went in and arthur kind of did like a little makeshift improv and he was up there pretending to be the auctioneer and he had four black picture frames sitting up there that were empty and he said that he wanted to put four nfts up there and have a real live vr auction so all of us are in there raising our vr hands and you know i bid i bid i bid and and have an actual auction in there and we're thinking about doing that and posting that too so uh that should be a lot of fun but it just shows the power of vr and already today not in the future i know whenever people bring up vr they start talking about the future but this right now is today insomnium space i absolutely love that i've been a part of a lot of bidding wars for nfts on OpenSea and whatnot but I think what it's really missing is that like social aspect because it's just fun to be in a bidding war. And right now, a lot of the action's happening in Discord and you can text people and say, hey, there's a lot of action on this item that's being bid up to this price or whatever. And people are excited to chat about that. But if you could be next to your buddies bidding on some stuff and you know there could be the uh, auctioneer doing the whole kind of shebang with the auction, I think that would be, that's just like bringing it up to level 10. That is super, super exciting. Yeah, it's really fun. All right, you mentioned your social token. I think it was called the, the the bell token. I would love to hear more about that. Yeah, sure. So the first reason that I created the token would, going all the way back, I mean, 10 years in, into my IT degree, going through my entire IT degree was a whole bunch of, you know, build, 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 try, 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 fail, 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 and then finally you succeed. You finally hit the submit button and it works. And it, you, you hit the submit button so many times, you hit the publish button and then you look at your page and it's all crooked and sideways and it's frustrating and you keep pushing and you finally get it. So I wanted to get there with the token too. I wasn't exactly sure if I wanted to raise money with an ERC20 Ethereum token or if I just wanted to create it to see that I could create it. So the very first time I did the token, I created a million of them and it was B-E-L-L -L for my name. And uh, I just created it just to create it. So I created a million and it popped into my wallet and I said, wow. And I just kind of sat back and smiled. I'm like, I can actually do that. So then you start thinking about it and you think, wow, these tokens really aren't much different. When you create a token on Ethereum, 
it's really not too much different than shares of a company. All you're doing is creating a bunch of broken up percentages that you can sell and you could attach it to really anything in your mind virtually or, or in real life. And you can start selling these tokens. So it actually brought a lot of more like a scared feeling to me. I, how many of these tokens did I invest in? How worthless were all of them? How did any of these companies have any kind of regulation or anything going on? I, should I have done it? Should I not have done it? And that's where the ICO craze came in and all that. That's why I didn't want to raise any money. And, and you brought up those points before about the SEC and everything. But not only that, the, the fact of taking money from somebody is a lot of pressure. And you're not, you know, younger people who haven't really been in business or have never loaned money to people or accepted loans from anyone but a bank, it's very difficult to take investment money from people and you have expectations and trust involved. You can't just raise money and then do nothing with it and, and turn your back to it. So I didn't want to raise any money. I didn't want to be so fully committed to something in such a new industry. So I kept it for free and then I actually looked at it afterwards and I realized that my name spells Bitcoin, Ethereum and Litecoin for the first three letters and I uh, was thinking of a fourth one and I always liked Dogecoin and Dogecoin was a fork off of Litecoin so I made it B-E-L-L -L, Bitcoin Ethereum Litecoin and Litecoin fork Dogecoin and always added the much fun because the reason I like Dogecoin is because they had their own blockchain and before I realized what an NFT was all I all I realized was there's a whole bunch of coins out there that are just like Bitcoin that have their own blockchain and there's a whole bunch of coins and tokens out there and the tokens that are built built on ethereum have very little value so i'm a person who went and created an erc20 token a million of them in five minutes or i am a person who went and developed an entire blockchain from scratch like dogecoin and then and, you know forked it off of bitcoin or forked it off of litecoin and however you do that there's so much more development and security involved in building your own blockchain. So my previous mantra was always buy a coin that has a blockchain, avoid the tokens until they have, you know, a lot more popularity and a lot more backing and trust behind them. And yeah, those those ERC20 tokens are, are really scary that you see people just creating these things out of thin air. And if you don't do enough research, you could really get burned quickly and easily to zero. There's just no regulation for it at all. So the second main point of my token is for people to give it away for free. So when I was onboarding people that I knew, I would always give them a little bit of crypto. And I think that a lot of us do that. Whether you're online and you meet somebody new or you're in real life and you meet somebody new, the easiest way to show somebody is to tell them how to download a wallet and then send them a little bit of tokens. So I started doing that more and more often with all these new people and I realized I was just felt like I was kind of wasting money. So another way for me to not waste the money was to create that bell token. I could give someone 0.0001 Ethereum and then send them a thousand bell tokens and then tell them, you know, show somebody else how to create a wallet, pay it forward, show somebody else how to accept 500 tokens, send them some tokens, send them some bell tokens. It's free, it doesn't cost you anything and you can onboard a couple more people. So it um, kind of turned into all of that at once. And whenever I meet somebody new and I want to send them something for free, just to show them how to use Ethereum and how to accept transactions, I use that bell token. I love that. It's a very great way to not only learn about how this stuff works technically, but also I love how you are using it to onboard some people into the ecosystem. That's great. All right, let's jump into the closing questions. What is your single favorite NFT that you own? <laughs> I'm going to choose two and they're both Somnium Space. One of them is an XL Island Parcel uh, Waterfront and the other one is a teleporter that I got Insomnium from the Indiego Go. So there's two different teleporters Insomnium Space. 25 of them were released very, very early in the Indiego Go campaign 
which when you put them into Somnium space and people continuously use them, there's gonna be a shared revenue between all the teleporters. So if you have 25 teleporters and it and the teleporters you know charge three cubes per month, which is a couple bucks per month, and then you can use all the teleporters whenever you want, all of that revenue raised is gonna be split between the teleporters. But the Indiego Go teleporters have a 200% revenue boost that you receive and the ILO teleporters, there's 25 of those as well, and those only receive a 50% revenue boost. So um, the Indiego Go ones are much more valuable to hold, and uh, they should be going technically based on that revenue by um, four times more money than the regular teleporters. Well, that's super interesting. Are those Indiego Go teleporters, are they going for four times more, or there's still some price discrepancy there? No, there's still a huge discrepancy there. One of them sold, I think for the Indiego Go, there's only been two sales so far. I think one of them was 30 and one of them was 23 Ethereum. And just recently, I know you had a um, interview with NoShot. He just recently got an offer and he DM'd me afterwards and said, I can't believe it. I guess an offer for 25 Ethereum for my teleporter, which is an ILO teleporter. And he said, I couldn't help it. I had to sell it. So um, he did, he sold it, he did really well on that one and uh, congrats to him and a shout out to him too. I saw him at the NFT event, I hung out with him a lot. So uh, he's a really nice guy. And um, yeah, so th those ones are selling for about 25 right now and the Indiego Go ones seem to be selling for just a little bit higher, but yeah, the revenue is much higher. So I'm, I'm not sure when that's gonna end up coming through. Like you said, that price discrepancy, I'm not sure when it's gonna even out. Wow, that's awesome. I definitely need to check that out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What is something that you'd like to see happen or something that you think needs to happen to the NFT ecosystem? I think it's happening. I mean, it is happening. It's happening. Um, I use Ethereum nearly every single day. I, I have several transactions per day. Companies like Somnium Space are building their foundation and future on Ethereum. They have cube tokens that are going to be in their platform. So, I mean, how easily can they switch from cube token to some other Ethereum type token that allows you to build tokens on their blockchain? I mean, how easily can they change? How easily can they switch their land plat their land tokens to another system? So, yeah, people are are putting their whole company on the line for that stuff, and um, the adoption will be slow. Just like I was saying, you know, with real estate and the same thing with the zeros. If if you have a thousand dollars, add one zero and start focusing on ten thousand and and get that ten thousand dollars. And once you get to ten, go to a hundred thousand. But you can't skip from ten thousand to a million. You can't just skip over and and act like one thing is gonna really just change everything and all of a sudden everything's gonna click and everyone's gonna get it. That's just not what happened with the internet and the internet was one of the biggest things just ever. So um, I, I think it's gonna be very slow, just like the internet, there's gonna be a lot of slow adoption. Headsets are gonna get a little bit better. Land platforms are gonna get more exciting. Dapps and games are gonna start coming out and once the dapps and games come out and people start spreading word like a really cool racing game or you know some cool card game, that people want to play and that gets mainstream attention, then people are going to start coming in because of that. But again, just a, a very slow process, one day at a time. And um, and Somnium Space is here already. Like I said, we can go in there and hang out and chat. So just nothing interactive right now. You can go in and look at buildings, you can build things, and you can um, look at those structures, climb on those structures, and hang out on those structures, and hang out with other people and talk to them. But you can't do anything interactive yet. So um, all of that interactive stuff is going to start happening over the next year. Awesome. So you definitely touched upon this just in your previous answer, but what do you think are the main barriers to adaption for the NFT space? 
Yeah, I'm amazed at Somnium's success um, so far when VR and blockchain are both such early adopters. Um, they're in the early adopter phase right now. So not only is Somnium space having the barrier of VR and trying to teach people what VR is and, and how to adopt to it, they're also having to teach everyone about blockchain. And that's where I come in and really help Arthur, I think, is to answer a lot of those questions. I honestly help liking new, uh, helping newbies. So when they come in, I everyone i think feels smarter when you're at level 10 and you help somebody with level 9 or you're at level 4 and you help someone with level 3 everybody feels good about helping people so whenever i get somebody that is you know behind me by a couple months or a couple years i i love to help them i go out of my way and i like building trust in the community because again you have discord and you have all of these chat things and one of the biggest things one of the biggest fears in people's mind is that people are you know scamming them or acting like someone and really portraying something else or trying to get something out of somebody or steal from somebody so building that trust in in the area online has been a very difficult process but i think um, the YouTube videos has ha have really helped. So you show your face online, that helps a little bit instead of having some avatar picture of you. The more you show your face, the more trust you build. And um, I think everybody should start building more trust and have no fear of showing your own face online. It's been years since the internet is out. Um, don't be scared. For Somnium Space, I think that the crowd has been about 50-50. Some people found Somnium Space because of loving VR in the past and they didn't know anything about blockchain and then vice versa. Some people came because they knew blockchain and they knew you know, other LAN platforms and then they found out how it was VR. So they had never really thought about VR. They didn't have a headset, but they found it because of blockchain. So there's definitely positives and negatives, but Somnium Space is just in this. <laughs> they aren't even building hardware, but they still have to teach people about the hardware and, and what, what hardware to buy just to get into Somnium Space. So all of those things over the next few months and few years will start to really just make it a seamless process you know, with MetaMask and Ethereum and blockchain and all of these keywords that people are just too scared to even think about before jumping into VR or into Somnium space. So do you think there's going to be a singular viral event that causes NFTs to hit the mainstream? Or do you think it's going to be just a gradual grind upwards until we get more and more people onboarded into the ecosystem? Man, the older I get, the more I realize that everything is a gradual adoption. Um, very few things happen overnight. Very few Cinderella stories it, true in real life, in my opinion. It's just like my real estate story earlier. You, you buy one very slowly. You're not just going to have this epiphany. Oh, wow, I found a great way to buy something with nothing down, no down payment. So I have no money in my savings account and I'm going to go buy five houses and I'm going to rent them all out. And okay, great. Tomorrow, so in a week from now, I'm going to have five houses. It's just... That stuff just doesn't happen. So I don't see that happening. Um, even the Winklevosses, the Winklevoss twins dropped millions and millions of dollars into Bitcoin at the earliest stages and they've been holding it forever. So if they can't single-handedly buy up the entire market and make that adoption happen, then I don't know what will. It's just going to, I do know actually, it's going to be a gradual adoption when the Winklevosses come in and John McAfee is in and uh, the CEO of Overstock really went heavy into crypto and mostly people just roll their eyes at them and roll their eyes at them until, you know, one one person out of that family says, you know what, Bitcoin actually is pretty cool. It has some good use cases. And then the whole family kind of says, well, maybe, maybe not. And then it just kind of trickles from there. So I definitely, definitely think it's going to be gradual. Where do you see the world of NFTs in three years? I see NFTs taking over real assets, honestly. I think that mortgages will start happening. So there's a company called Rocket 
and um, another one RCN is the token I believe that does mortgages too so if I believe that one of Somnium land parcels could sell on OpenSea for about 10 Ethereum then I would have no problem accepting that land parcel as collateral for 8 Ethereum to somebody else who promises to pay me back 9 Ethereum so I give them a loan and I hold their land as collateral or the smart contract holds their land in collateral so there's actually no trust the smart contract can be set up so that that person has to make nine payments of one ether per week to me if it goes past that week time frame the asset goes straight back to me i get that as collateral and that person doesn't have to make any more payments anymore and vice versa if they complete all of their payments up to nine they get their asset back i got all of my money plus my interest very simple smart contract that's going to come out and gonna that will skyrocket the amount because how many people would buy today if they had the ethereum or if they had a loan for the mortgage just like a real house you can't afford to buy a real house but you get a loan for it and then you afford to buy it over the next 30 years and you own it in the entire you know meantime so i think that that's going to just skyrocket what nfts will sell for and how much they can sell for when people can actually start getting mortgages for them I love that. Definitely a grand vision, and I completely agree, actually. I don't know if it'll be within three years, but I obviously I definitely hope so. But that is, in my mind, inevitable. I think that NFTs are going to be used widely throughout all walks of life and all types of businesses. I'm on board with for that, for sure. All right, Chris, this has been awesome. I love chatting with you about the metaverse and Somnium space. Your, your passion for Somnium is definitely infectious. But if people wanted to you know, reach out to you, find out more, maybe they want to go to YouTube or DM you on Twitter. Where should they go? What should they do? Uh, you can find me, my um, chrisbell.com and chrisbell.eth. And you can find me on YouTube. Again, Chris Bell. That's a, um, just type in Chris Bell Somnium Space if you need to because that name is really popular. There's an old musician and there's a movie director and producer. There's a whole bunch of people named Chris Bell. I actually bought chrisbell.com off of a person who was running for mayor in texas and his name was chris bell as well and he really didn't want to give it up but i talked him into it and bought it off of a, a potential he wasn't he never ended up i don't think being the mayor but his name was chris bell too and i saw a couple campaigns of him going out so that was pretty funny to watch and i ended up getting that off of him but my twitter handle is chris bell token and again please dm me uh talk to me on discord my name is chris bell on discord i'm always helping people and uh it's hard to miss me if you type in chris bell somnium into the internet right now Awesome, Chris. Thank you so much. And you'll have to come back on again in a few months and give me an update. I would love to. Thank you very much, Andrew. Appreciate it. Hey, everyone. Stay tuned for more episodes of the Zima Red podcast and subscribe to the Zima Red newsletter for more info on all things NFTs. Thanks so much for listening.